Niggas talking shit, push, how do you respond? I'm top five and all of them die line. I am the hope, the dope dealers won. Price in the quote, the dope dealers want. Feds taking pictures like it's GQ. GQ. This Aviani collarbone is see-through. Angel on my shoulder, what should we do? We do. Devil on the other, what would me do? Papa Willie, tell the judge to Acanelli. Middle fingers out the ghost, screaming Machiavelli. Hail Mary, the scale fairy. Two sides to every coin, so we bail ready. Bail ready. How do you respond? I let the monies and the fools talk. I let the jewels and the hues talk. Watch face came with a fuse box. Fuse box. Chanel's on your bitch, the coupe is 320, the roof's hit or miss, murder on the highway, the news is at 6, see I did it my way, the proof's in the bricks, yeah, smell it through the Tupperware, two can get you four like a double dare, I'm the king of the ovenware, you can piece the whole puzzle here, niggas talking shit, yeah, how do you respond? What's going on, everybody? This is sort of kind of a special episode of the podcast. Um, I invited or reached out to Louis from 100% Chelsea, and I wanted to talk to him about this new idea about playing competitive football matches in the United States and abroad outside of Europe. So he had posted a passionate uh, video a rant, um, I mean, if you go to YouTube, 100% Chelsea, you go to their video section, you'll see it there, I think I even I posted, I know for a fact I posted the link on my Twitter timeline, and you can find it there, and I found myself agreeing with a lot of his points, disagreeing with some of his points, um, but overall, I definitely wanted to get him on the podcast so we can discuss further the just so just the idea of playing competitive matches outside of Europe and he came on and we talked shit on air we talked about an hour and a half off air was about another half an hour to 45 minutes I love the guy um he gets you know He's a big personality, so he gets a lot of shit. Uh, seems to me how, you know, between him and Nini and others, uh, I always find myself talking to these guys because I kind of don't understand the, you know, some people's attitudes toward them. But, bro, I love this guy. Uh, he's like family, you know? Um, so... I invited Louis on, and we had a great conversation. He makes his case, and I make mine. And in the end, you know, I hope that you guys, not necessarily, you know, everybody has their opinions on this, um, on this topic. It's one that I don't think it's going away. I think it's only going to get, you know, louder. The conversation is only going to get louder. And it's something that, Personally, I feel like it's an inevitability um, that we will see competitive matches outside of Europe. Uh, it's just too much money there. However, there, I think the organizers, 
the the leaders, anyone involved in the decision making of playing competitive matches outside of the you know Europe, it's a slippery slope. They need to be careful. They need to be careful because they might lose the essence of this beautiful game. So again, I want to thank Louis. Uh, enjoy this conversation. It was great, man. I love it. I, I could talk to Louis all day, every day, um, and he will be on this podcast a ton. It just is what it is, uh, and he and I are actually, well, I'll save it for the end of the podcast. You won't hear it, but just know that he and I discussed a few things off air that, this, bro, people, I swear to God, this is a neighborhood, and they drive in front of my house as if this is, you know, F1, as if this is, you know, Monaco and Central Pez, and they're, you know, God damn it, bro. So, he and I have discussed some things off air that I think you guys are, you know, when it's unveiled exactly the full breadth and scope of our plans, that, you know, you guys are going to be pretty excited and it's going to be pretty cool. So, here's the conversation I had with Louie. And I'll talk to you guys again after the interview. All right, what's going on, everyone? I have uh, my man, Louis, from 100% Chelsea here, and I wanted to get him on the podcast because, Louis, went, I was on vacation last week, and I was um, on the monorail at Disney World when you uploaded your video with uh, a, a passionate rant against the Premier League playing competitive games in the United States. Um, and as I was watching the video... As I was watching the video, I felt like mixed emotions because first and foremost, obviously, let's get it out of the way. I have a personal, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's a personal, but for personal reasons, obviously, I want to see Chelsea play in the, a competitive game in the United States because I live in the United States. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that that goes without saying, it's, you know, but... Uh, I wanted to get you on because you have your reasons, and I found myself agreeing with a lot of your reasons why not to. And then also I was looking at it um, from a business perspective, and I would like to, I, I don't want to necessarily have you, I didn't want to have you on so I can talk about my personal reasons because I don't have to tell you what my personal reasons are for wanting to watch Chelsea in the United States. I've seen Chelsea in the United States, you know, I don't, I don't need it, Like that goes without saying, but I definitely wanted to get you on for, for the business aspect of why I want Chelsea to come to the United States. Um, mm. and I wanted to, you know, get you on to discuss the reasons why I also agree why Chelsea shouldn't come to the United States. And let me a little bit take the conversation out further. The reason why we're having this conversation, the reason why you uploaded the video, is because La Liga is going to play their first competitive game in 2019 here in Miami, Florida, in my backyard, essentially 15 minutes away. It's going to be Barcelona versus G Genoa. I, 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 am I G saying? G Girona. Girona. Genova's in the uh, Serie A. Yeah, yeah. in the wrong league there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciation is wrong, but the, the idea is, is, yeah. is the same. 
and Toodles that Prime. is a Catalonia Dar- Catalonia Derby, um, which is like derbies are important no matter how who's playing against who. You always proximity the rivalry uh, based off of proximity is always important, um, even though it is Barcelona versus a team that. <sighs> Quite frankly, quite, fr- even, quite frankly, it should be three. Yeah, it should I, be three I, points to Barcelona. Yeah. That's basically the, the the general gist of it. Yeah. So now, because uh, in 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 the Spanish players have have protested left, right, and center against this game, um, and again for obvious reasons why you know why they shouldn't play this game. So now it is since Spanish football and is a business, uh, just the same way as all sports are a business. It's only a matter of time before the, at least I haven't heard it on this end, the if the Premier League is going to entertain the idea, which I'm sure they have. I'm sure there's a meeting that already has been taking place probably years ago, whether or not to play a competitive game in the United States. So I definitely, I, that, that that's why Louis is on the podcast today, so we can discuss um, essentially that topic, why the Premier League should or should not play competitive games within the, in the United States um, in the upcoming seasons. So, Louis, take it away. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. I love, I love coming on here. I loved it last time, so thank you for having me a second time. Um, basically, look, yeah, I understand football is a business. You know, I, I study that at university. I study the football of business. It's my degree. It's my dissertation. Um, and it, you know, it's pretty much, I, I completely understand all of that. If I was a businessman, I understand it makes sense, but I'm not looking at this as a business and I'm looking at, this, uh, looking at this as a fan and as someone who's on the ground every single week in and amongst it with the people that basically create football. Um, football for me, well, personally, you know, well, when it was created, football was for all. There's obviously the very famous, uh, Christmas Day truce in World War One, when English and German soldiers put their arms down and uh, went and played football in the in the in the middle of no man's land. That's an example of football people coming together. Obviously, we're looking at um, all the World Cups over the previous few years. You've seen people all come together to create something special, um, and it's it's it is it is a game for the people for everyone. Um, put it this way: I understand why people like yourself and fans in the US would love to see. Uh, a game, a competitive game played over there. And I, and I understand that obviously the MLB do it. Uh, the NFL obviously famously play two of their games a year at Wembley. Um, and financially, it makes sense. But for me, it takes away from what... It takes away the football away from its roots. And it's already been taken away far enough. You're seeing people who have been going to well, for years and created atmosphere and you know famously generated such amazing songs and uh, personalities in the ground not able to go anymore because of the amount of money that's already in football um and for me an example i used when on twitter the other day was uh obviously barcelona obviously the team which are currently set to play in 2019 against girona um they're saying it's obviously mescaon club which means more than a club and we've seen uh, well, they, they, the foundations of El Clasico, that derby, and you know the, the basically that where that saying from that club was really put to the test was during the Spanish Civil War, 
uh, with uh, General Franco, uh, obviously backing Real Madrid for the people that I understand. And the rules were you couldn't have anyone, any players that weren't Spanish in your team. And Real Madrid were allowed to have anyone from anywhere to play in that side. Obviously, uh, Alfredo de Stefano was an example of one of those players, which would, uh, he was Argentinian and he came into the uh, Real Madrid side. Um, Barcelona stood that to one side. News football was uh, as, as a message to show national unity behind them rather than a vicious dictator. Um, and, you know, we've seen a club basically build itself around that persona. Uh, and obviously as football's expanded, and obviously if you want to stay alive, you know, you have to evolve, you have to go at the times. Barcelona have done that. And now it's almost completely, for me, it feels like that's completely lost in translation uh, as an example of a, a club that has basically almost forgotten its identity. And I understand that the arguments that would be, well, obviously more than the club, you're, you're playing in the US. Um, you, know, you know, you've got a massive fan base over there. Why not generate it? Completely get that. Completely understand that. However, when I say it's taking away from its roots, you don't just go to a football team or go to a football game just to watch the football. You know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a real football fan, you take more than that in. You know, you, you go with the fans, you know, you build friendships. You see the culture that's created around the club. Chelsea, as an example, has a massive, massive, massive uh, influence in terms of music. You know, we've seen uh, Damien Albarn, uh, obviously famously part of Blur and Gorillaz, is a massive Chelsea fan. Parklife plays before every single game at Stamford Bridge and you see, hear that music playing and people enjoy it. You have a band called Madness, obviously, um, One Step Beyond, all that kind of stuff. Two-tone music, Scar is very heavily influential at Chelsea um, and you have such massive, massive, you had the whole generation, obviously, where obviously you did have the National Front, which was a very right-wing political organisation, um, you know, Chelsea's notoriously now, I guess, considered a right-wing club. Personally, I'm not, but, you know, that's that's the politics for another day. But, you know, it's a case of, you know, you had that as well as an influence, uh, contending with the two-tone and scar movement as well. Um, and, you know, it's it built into the fabric of the club. And there's a lot of history, which I feel, which, for example, you take a game away from where it should be, you lose that. And then it just becomes 22 blokes kicking a ball. Um, and I understand football used to be that, but now it's 22 blokes kicking a ball and people building relationships with friends in the stands. You know, you've got those lukewarm pies and pints in a concourse. You've got the pub before the game, the journey up there on coaches, on trains, where you're sitting and talking to fans about what's going to happen. And, you know, it's just not the same. You, don't, you won't encapsulate the same feeling and it will just become a spectacle rather than a full-scale event and social event. And, I mean, to be, to be honest, that, that's, that's just a basic outline of what I think of it. But, I mean, obviously, we'll go more into detail of that. But, yeah. Yeah, no, and, um, and, and I got the, those points from the video. And, and I started reflecting on my experiences um, the first time I saw Chelsea football. Uh, in person was when they played against AC Milan here. I think it was in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, then I saw them again versus Real Madrid when in Jose Mourinho's first season uh, back at Chelsea. And Re uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a, uh, a uh, free kick from the left-hand side. That was pretty amazing. And I've seen Barcelona play, and I've seen... Um, bunch of national teams play but I, I 
I can't help when I'm there that I, I really don't feel like I am watching an important game. And I don't know if that is because going into it, I know it's a preseason game and the players know it's a preseason game or a uh, exhibition game and they don't take it as seriously as they normally would or is it just because it is what it is you're in it, it, i i don't know that so when 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 you put up the video i did find myself asking when you brought up all the points about the traditions that go into going to a match which i have the traditions i mean the, the miami dolphins uh again play 15 minutes away from me they're actually they're about to play in what two hours they're opening it's the season opener against the tennessee titans today um when i go to the games with my father we go to the supermarket we have our traditions of buying sandwiches and buying food we go tailgate before the game i make sure i'm in my seat before the national anthem is played all these traditions that go into watching the match uh watching the game but when i watch the games when you know the dolphins are constantly playing in england uh at wembley i don't i don't know if if you guys are experiencing the same thing i'm experiencing i i always wonder that like what is it about playing i mean well, like what 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 is the uh yeah, the experience, I have no other better word to put it, but what is the experience of watching a competitive game in another country uh, minus all your traditions? Yeah. You know, well, I mean... Yeah, no, no, I go, mean, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so, so obviously, I, I live in Wembley, so that's, that's where I live. So, obviously, I've, I've seen it firsthand. To be honest, you don't get the experience. You get, like you said, supermarket, tailgating, in the seat before the national anthem, all this stuff... If you're in the UK and the American national anthem is played and you're not from the US... You wipe your I mean, ass with it. I mean, what does it mean to you? Ex- exactly. So you've got that. That's one thing straight away there. Tailgating is illegal. You can't do that in the UK uh, unless you have like permits and stuff. And on Wembley Way, obviously, you have all the stalls that are already open, like on a football day as well. Um, so you don't get that. And then you've got the fan zone. That's it. That's all you have. And then you watch the game. It's literally just a case of money. That's all it is. You know, it's, it's yeah. just... You know, reinvestment. It's, oh, okay, we've expanded the brand, and that—that's all it is. It's no, you don't have the tailgating. Like for example, I, I obviously I've never been to a to a, to an NFL game uh, in the US. So it's a case if I'm sat there and it's sort of like you know where you see all the TV shows, Blue Mountain State, for example. I know it's a massive over exaggeration, <laughs> but you have like the you got like the tailgating and how that whole experience, the whole the showmanship. Like you just in terms of UK culture. When when they did that at the FA Cup final a couple of years ago and Tiny Temper performed at halftime, everyone was just sat there going, literally, excuse my French, it was just, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. why are we even trying to do this? It just it just doesn't fit in with the, with the, with the, a British person's mindset. I think it's I still I think it's still the uh, the imperialism that is in some people's blood in terms of Britain used to be an empire and you know we're British and all that kind of stuff. Like, I I I, I mean. To be honest, I think it, it was worth a go. See what it like. It just didn't. It just didn't work. But it's a case of, you know, it just you just don't get the same feeling. And again, it, they'll, they'll take it seriously, but they won't take the whole event seriously. Put it this way: the players are going to be like, "Are oh, playing in the US," and then also for them as well, from a physical perspective, you know, 
you're going to have jet lag, you've got to fly to the US, then you've got to fly back. Say you're Real Madrid and you're playing in the Champions League, you're playing someone in Miami at the beginning of the week, at the, at the, at the weekend, and then on the Wednesday you've got to fly somewhere and play again in the Champions League. Logistically, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, a pain in the ass. And mind you, these guys are traveling best of the best, the best plane, the best food, the best trainers, and even for them, it's a pain in the ass. Um, so for them, it, I can understand their perspective on why they don't want it. Um, but business-wise, I, I, it's going to happen. Um, from the business perspective, I can't imagine that it's not going to happen. I can't, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine that we are sitting here, you and I, uh, talking at years down the road, and we're living in a world where the Premier League is playing games within the United competitive games in the United States. Uh, La Liga is doing the same, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know one of the other three big leagues, whether it's League One, um, Serie A, or the Bundesliga, is doing the same because there's just too much money left on the table. I, I I feel like this is just another... This is part of the conversation um, that goes on is with, with football, meaning soccer. It's all about a business. Um, and I, I feel like this is another, another, you know... Thing in the pile showing that football is all about a business. Can you explain to me a little bit further? Because, like, I don't – in the United States with the NFL, um, I'm not a baseball fan, so I, maybe baseball has a little bit more of a, like, um, a rivalry when it comes to, like, uh, outside of what, you know, like, rivalries created because of games. Um, I, I, I think there's, like, a, you know – New York and Boston, there's always a rivalry there. New York and Chicago, there's always a kind of a rivalry there, maybe between the cities. But can you explain, Louis, like the rivalries established um, within football that that were created outside the pitch and are just, and then they're extended inside the pitch? Maybe something like, you know, Celtic and Rangers in Ireland, right? Uh, it's in Scotland, yeah. Yeah, in you, Scotland. You mean like political, political, political religious you know, stuff. Yeah, political yeah. stuff. I mean, even even like within London, Chelsea, Arsenal, shit on Tottenham because one, they're Tottenham, but two, they play in the same fucking city. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, I don't yeah. think people understand. Like, you know, I, I I I go on Google Maps and you could see that Tottenham. Is how far like like White Hart Lane is how far away from Stanford? Literally, Bridge? I mean Stanford. It's it's a little way away. So it's sort of, uh, I think we're there nor north. They're closer to northeast London. I think it's north, and then we're southwest. So it's it's about forty five minutes on the tube. So it's not that far. It's literally, for example, for me, it would take. It's oh yeah, it takes about. An, yeah, it's about forty five minutes in between. But I think okay. So for example, I've, I've already mentioned. Um, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Obviously, that's a massively political derby. Yeah. Um, Rangers and Celtic is a religious one, funnily enough. So it's in uh, it's in Scotland. It's the uh, basically the um, the Glaswegian derby. Um, 
So basically, uh, put it this way, um, it's not just religious, it's political as well. So Rangers, for example, are very fiercely loyal to, to the UK um, and are, very, are a Protestant football club or uh, to begin with were uh, a Protestant club. Selk, on the other hand, uh, are a club which is very anti-Britain uh, and, you know, they're, they're a Catholic club. Yeah. Uh, so that's why when you say Ireland, there are ties to Ireland with, within Celtic, for example. That's why you always see the Irish flags being flown and stuff in Celtic and then a lot of Irish people are, are Celtic fans. I mean, their um, colors are green and white. They have a yeah. shamrock on there, what it looks like. So you that naturally you can associate uh, Celtic being in Ireland. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's Celtic roots. So it's obviously if you go very very far back in history, obviously you had like the Pikes and the um, you know the, the Celtics and the Druids and all that kind of stuff in in the UK before the Anglo Saxons arrived. That's like thousands, thousands of years ago. So it has nothing to do with football, but you know, just a bit of historical context. But it's a case of um, so basically, obviously, that derby exists through that, and you know, obviously, in the eighteen hundreds and the early nineteen hundreds and all that, you still had a lot of God fearing members of society. Um, obviously, because science hadn't quite taken its its steps yet, uh, and obviously, uh, Rangers being Protestant and uh, Celtic being Catholic, you have automatically people are at loggerheads there. Um, talking, if you want to go even further back in history in terms of why that whole God fearing society thing's about, obviously Henry VIII founded, Pro- uh, I, think, I think, is it Protestantism or something? He basically created the Protestant faith because the Pope refused to give him a divorce from one of his wives. Um, so basically, you, you already had straight away historical context where, you know, he would burn Catholics and then uh, Mary Queen of Scots came in. I think she's Mary Queen of Scots or Mary, Mary the First might be two completely different people. Um, and then she started burning Protestants. And then, you know, that, that, that whole kind of there was historic. There was, there was a religious war, basically. Um, and this then eventually, obviously, before when they stopped burning people, uh, it kind of moved itself to, towards the football pitch and towards society in general, just kind of was an underlying factor. Um, so obviously that is the in Scotland, why the big thing that's a big thing about that. Graham Sooness, for example, when he was manager of Rangers, signed a Catholic player and he couldn't actually live in Glasgow because he'd already played for Celtic as well. And uh, obviously, he, but he basically he'd get lynched if he if he walked around town in Glasgow. So he had to commute to training and commute to the games. Um, obviously, it's not as it's not as fierce, I would say now. Obviously, because in 2018, everyone gets offended by everything, so you can't really ra- uh, wage a religious war anymore uh, without anything happening. Obviously, yeah. uh, so I mean, it's, it's not it's not as strong as it used to be. But, but the undertones are there. I mean, yeah. When you when you put on a Rangers, you know, kit, jersey, shirt, whatever, hat, scarf, and you're walking down the street going, you know, to 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 show up for a game at the stadium, you might not, you know, you might be 22, 30, whatever. You didn't live your your great grandfather, your great 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 grandfather was in the shits when it went when. when it was Protestant against the Catholics and, and, and living in that times. But that still courses through your veins. And when you see somebody yeah. wearing a Celtic kit, maybe it might not pop off and, and kick off like it used to be. And it doesn't have that bite like it used to. But it's still there. It's it's still there. And this is what yeah. goes into the matches. That 
my for sure won't exist here in the United States. I mean, I, I'll watch. I'll they'll put a Celtics Rangers game in 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 in, in Dolphins or Hard Rock Stadium, which is the stadium like right next to my house. I for sure I'm going to watch. However, I'm not carrying that in to the stadium. Yeah. I'm, I'm just watching 22 guys kick the ball around like you said. 22 blokes kick the ball around, you know. Um. So no, no, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, the, the only place I could probably see that game being played is Boston because of the massive Irish yes. uh, impact. That's the only. And if it's if it's Boston or, or New York or where people kind of, if they obviously if they really enjoy football and they know about it, then it will make sense as well. If you mentioned the whole Irish thing, I think it, it would draw a bit more of a crowd maybe as well. Um, obviously, I don't live there. I don't understand the culture, which is why I'm not going to say it would work or not. But that's why I say it could. Um, but it's a case of. No, you know, it makes sense. Still... It makes sense why it could work there. Yeah, but the key word there would be could. You, yeah. you don't know if it would. Um, but I mean, obviously, we'll move on to another one Liverpool versus Everton. Uh, obviously, Derby. the Merseyside How Derby. How close are those two teams from each other? Mile, mile apart. Not even kidding. It's a park. I, I could walk it. I'd, I've got, I've, I've got Scouse family. So my fam, members of my family are Evertonians. So I, so for this, for example, of this guy's way, way, way back, Everton were the original club in Liverpool. It wasn't even Liverpool. Uh, Everton were founded out of an orphanage and, and a and a church and stuff, and played in Anfield before Liverpool did. They left Anfield and moved to Goodison. The, basically, then a lot of blokes who wanted to play for, um, or didn't want to play for Everton anymore. And they wanted to stay at Anfield, formed Liverpool. Um, excuse me. Um, and obviously, you could have created that divide there. Uh, but then, obviously, it's more. It's known more as a, a friendly derby. So obviously, you have members of the same family who are who are Liverpool fans and Everton fans and that kind of stuff. And obviously, we've seen unity over the past few years because of Hillsborough and the '96 Liverpool fans who lost their lives. Yep. Uh, you've seen a city that became united. And as a city itself, Liverpool gets a lot of bad rep, but the people there are probably some of the nicest people you could ever meet. Um, you know, they, it's, it's a massive community feel that you get up there and that Derby there, you couldn't take it anywhere else. You genuinely couldn't take, if that got, if the Merseyside Derby got taken out of Liverpool, I would probably be like, to be honest, I'd probably stop watching football. Cause people don't, <laughs> I'm being, I'm being serious. Gen, gen, genuinely, it just takes the heart that, that, well, that takes the heart out of football. Yeah. You you look at that historically, you used to have fans of both teams just sit, they used to all sit together. Obviously, they've, they've, uh, they've stopped doing that now, but, you know, they'd all just sit together. They'd watch the game. You know, you'd have, you'd have that thing where it's, it, was a, it was a friendly rivalry where in between families and that, and there was nothing really political or anything about that. It was more geographic, um, yeah. and you can either be a red or a blue, and it, it naturally, my, my members of my family would say, you're never born a Liverpool fan. You're born blue, and you get sick and turn red. That's what the, <laughs> that's what the thing is. So it's kind of, that's more of, it's one of those... I mean, Liverpool, in terms of a derby, I'd say is one which is a... It's it's probably, for me, personally, you obviously have the old firm, you have El Clasico. I put the Merseyside derby up there as what, historically one of the most important games in, in the football calendar. And again, when I talk, when I was earlier talking about communities coming together, uh, landscapes and socialising, all that kind of stuff, that's a prime example of one right there. Uh, and how the city of Liverpool kind of changes on a derby day. Um, one which is a bit more vicious, in the st- still in the northwest of England, is uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool. So that comes uh, originally, probably not even through the how good their football was, but because 
originally in the 1800s, Liverpool was uh, it was it was basically the heart of the UK. It's the heart of the British Empire. It's where the majority of sales happen. You have the docks there, the Albert Dock, very fa- the very famous one, would allow um, for trade to come in and out of the UK. And then they opened up a dock in Manchester. So this was this was a battle of the dockers. Liverpool and Manchester buy a car about half an hour, 45 minutes apart. They're not that far from each other. Mm. But it's a case of this became a battle of the docks. And then obviously as both teams progressed and Liverpool and Manchester United, you then kind of had this, you had this warfare about it. Um, and obviously it would be territorial in terms of football and territorial instead of who's the king of the northwest of England. And, you know, that's why football up there is such a massive thing because socially, uh, you know, uh, it, all the way up to the 1960s and 70s before Margaret Thatcher kind of uh, moved the UK out of uh, the industrial era. You know, you, these two cities were, you know, they, they were the dog's bollocks, as it were, I guess, of the UK. That's where you'd have the um, you'd have the majority of the. Of, of, of sales coming in there and that's where people's lives would be centered around you get the um you'd have obviously in the 1800s cotton which had been picked you'd have um liverpool famously uh you know that was where the first slave auctions were uh obviously not exactly a very glowing representation of the city but you know it's history it's history. Uh, happened um so yeah i mean you know you this that was yeah liverpool and manchester it was always for the bragging rights but yeah i mean there's this is the thing Straight away, when I've said, mentioned these derbies, I've mentioned a geographical one, I've mentioned a political one, I've mentioned a religious one. You can't, this is this is this is football. This it's football yeah. is more than just a sport, and you can't. This is why you can't take something away from there, because then it, gen, it it is just ripping the heart out of it. It's it's you, you, it's. I understand the value of money. I understand that, but there's money and there's greed, and for me, this is this is this is pushing greed now. I, I am I'm a football fan and you know, ironically, when I say I'm against modern football, I have a load of idiots, quite frankly, say, But you're a vlogger, you do this, you can't be against modern football. I don't do it for me. I do it because well, it originally was for me, it was for me to document my experiences. And then it just turned out that for Lewis, Lewis is a prime example of someone. People message us and go, Oh, we love the vlogs and your match day content because you make if if we're not there or we can't make it I've told you, you that. make us feel like we're there. And you've you've told me that I've as well. That. Yeah, exactly. This is it. And then, for example, someone had Oran. So Oran, for example, bless his little heart, he obviously passed rest away. Rest in uh, peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Mark. He was, we were very close to that. And, you know, when he was in hospital, this week, he, you know, he'd text me or he'd message us and say, you know, thanks for doing that, guys. Like, it, it made me feel like I was there. And it's stuff like that. And it's, for example, I get vloggers are modern football. And I'm well, obviously can't see it, but I'm doing quotations. I'm kind of saying vloggers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Louis, this a, is an audio platform, not a visual yeah. one. Yeah, I know. Just I a know, reminder. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Quotations. You do air quotations. I can't see them, yeah, fair play. Um, but it's a case of, you know, for a person who highlighted this perfectly for me was my friend, uh, Liam. So, Visa, if you know who he is, he's a Burnley vlogger. Um, and he said, look, I, I, I do it, but I'm still a football fan and I'm, I'm against how football is changing. I get why people don't like what we do. I get that, to be honest. Um, but you know how I was saying you need to evolve to survive? Yeah. Uh, football, is it's not just debated in a pub now after a game, and it's not just on the television. It's debated by fans and people online. If but someone, that, if someone but, says, but oh, we don't like is how natural, you... is, It is the progression of the pub. I mean, like, uh, I don't... When, I, 
I'm sorry to jump in, but I also get a little bothered by that too because I can't. You can't always debate somebody in you know in 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 person, you know about mm. sport. So you have to naturally take it further, you know. Before I get before there was newspapers, what did people do to to to, to discuss anything? They did it in person. Then a newspaper came, and then you had a person on the other end writing something, bringing opinions, uh, bringing facts, whatever, to you. And, you know, yes, it's a one-way conversation, but a conversation nevertheless, a correspondence nevertheless, you know? And then it extended to the radio. And now, again, it went from a newspaper to a radio. And then natural progression is online. So, like, when you guys, when, when, when football vloggers, and, and, I, and I actually told this to Mo uh, when I had him on the podcast, Mo from Arsenal Fan TV. Um, Arsenal Fan TV, two years ago, was it two years ago or three? I feel like it was two years ago. It, or three. Because well, when it was founded. No, 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 no. When they had their, their, their beef and Gary Neville, they got, they got Gary Neville on, on the. That was, that was two years ago. Two that years was, ago. I remember that. Two years ago, and they it, were, it was it was after the Chelsea game as well, yeah. They were getting Arsenal fan TV was getting a ton of shit, um, you know. Outside of them, of Arsenal fan TV being a meme for football fans uh, around the world, uh, you know, everybody knows the terminology. Uh, after Arsenal loses, AFTV and chill. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, they are us. Yeah, they're football fans. They are doing. They've Robbie has built a platform, um, like you are. You know, you have your platform. I have my platform. We all can create our own platform to discuss football. They are us. We are them. And so for them to get shit uh, uh, about having their platform discussing from the fans' perspective, when outside of the internet age, could fans get together and have their own voice? You yeah, know, the media has always been the same. I mean, down down here, you put on. I have a podcast because I've always wanted to be in sports talk radio. Um, having said that, though, like I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I listen to a lot of talk sports um, through their app, so I listen to a lot of UK content. But there was always kind of like a like a condescending vibe always from the media and now we have and it's like what the fuck man like i'm a fan just as you i put in just as much hours watching as you you know i see shit i see what's wrong with the team why is your voice any better than mine why yeah. you have a platform no now we have our own platform and then for you guys to shit on us because we have our own platform fuck you so i was very i mean you can even go on that video when they sat down with Gary, yeah. and I and I, you know, I wrote a comment. It was like, I don't care that Arsenal is, you know, a rival team. You know, I will always, after an Arsenal loss, go to their channel and, and, and sit back with popcorn and laugh. However, they are, I will always back fan channels of any type. I don't, I don't give a shit if even it's Tottenham's fan channel for all this, you know, for, for, for. To even show you how far I'll, I'll go, but we are we we are the fans, and at the end of the day, you have your team, I have mine, but we are the same, mm. and we are you know 
are just another voice and a voice that they, 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 they's just as loud and it's just as credible as the media. So I'm sorry about that rant or that little tangent no, on the no, side, man. No, no, it's fine, man. Like, seriously, though, I, I, I agree. I think the media still throw their weight around quite a bit. There's been times where I've, well, to be honest, not even just the media, but I think in YouTube itself, people have a tendency to try and throw their weight around a little bit. Um, Cause now obviously like you're saying, we have a platform I'm using it, but yeah, I mean like I, I, I don't just do this for me to be honest. I mean, yeah, we, we earn a little bit of money out of it. So what? I think we've all, I think as uh, to build the platform, like we've said, I think we deserve to have a little bit of revenue out of it now. And if people say that we're taking advantage of the club, I'm sorry, but the club take advantage of us before anyone even says anything. Cause to be honest, we could walk through those, those gates on a match day for free. That's how much money the club earns. In fact, every single club from the Premier League, so pretty much halfway down the championship, could let in their fans for free. They could let their fine. fans in for free and let and do just fine. Yeah. So it's this 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 argument where people say that we're taking advantage of the club. I'm not. All that happens is people basically what they they have the conversations, and like like Robbie does it, I do it. You sit there and the whole conversation is. Um, you know, we, we just document it. We just document the conversation between fans. That is as simple as that. And then it goes online and people can debate that conversation itself. And that's all I do. I don't just turn up at games when we're losing and all that kind of stuff. Because if people had, if people who say that, and quite frankly, are clearly not intelligent enough to have the debate with me themselves, because whenever they do, they just swear at me, um, then, uh, you know, go and check my content and you will see that uh, I'm at every single game. And by the way, if fan channels are still part of a conversation and you're bitching about them, if you're bitching about them and you're watching us, you don't hate us. You're a fucking fan. It's as simple as that. And I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. And if they want to have that conversation with me, I'm very happily and I'm very open to have that. Um, and look, people are entitled to their opinions. I, but to be honest, I, I, I love what I do. I love being able to put people's opinions forward and, you know, have them, give them that platform to speak about it. And I enjoy doing that. You know, we are quite easily now, obviously to begin with, it was a never up. But now I, I leave the ground about three or four hours after everyone else has gone. You know, we, 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 I don't stop. I stay on my feet and I speak to people until the very, very, very last person is gone. I don't leave. It's a case of, you know, these the, the, people's opinions matter to me. And I want to hear people's opinions, even if I disagree with them. Then that way I can test them and I can speak to people about it. I don't hide behind a keyboard and say it. If someone wants to say something to my face, I appreciate that, if I'm honest. You know, if people hate fan channels, do it. For my, but my thing, when I put that tweet out and said oh, how I feel about all those people going, but you're a vlogger, you're this, you're that, I'm sorry, but you, they wouldn't say it to my face. And there's people that have said very fucking nasty things about, to me, about me behind the screen, but will not say shit to my face. And I love it. Because it just goes to show how sad people have become. So to be honest, it's a case of what if people are out there uh, get, giving other people's opinions, giving them a voice. Um, so this, for example, this conversation can be had. Obviously, you reached out to me on Twitter when you and after you saw the video as well, and obviously you reached out to me on Twitter for the first time a couple of months back. It was a couple of months back now, wasn't it? it was yeah. About a month, no, about a month or so back. Yeah. You know, I just said like, look, I want to talk to you. I've gone fine. You know, if 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 people's opinions can be heard. And people can challenge it and, and use platforms to, um, you know, to create the conversation, for example, to, to get opinions heard. So I know for a fact, Thibaut Courtois saw my video the other day. How do you know, know that? Fact, how do you know that? I'm how, calling because, you. I'm calling shenanigans how, right now. No, no. 
I know for a fact he saw that. I am certain he saw that because he would not be stupid enough to make comments like he did a, a couple of days afterwards and said Chelsea fans don't understand what happened. And he wouldn't have seen Twitter and he wouldn't have seen that. And I know Chelsea players watch my content. I know they do because I've had conversations with Chelsea players. I know they watch what I say. So to be honest, it's a case of, you know, that plus that video got 70,000 views. This, is, this isn't my ego talking. This is me just going for fact. I know he saw it. Yeah, well, first of all, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second, because I, my, again, this is an audio platform, not a visual, but if it was visual, you would see my right leg bouncing up and down right now, because you said the snake's name, one, I have sworn never to use <laughs> the snake's name on this pla- on this podcast. His name will never be sorry. spoken again. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about so that. So you used really the sorry. snake's name. Now you got me a little bit pissed off, all right? That's number 1. <laughs> number 2. I also saw that tweet last night. Um I think it was e- I saw it ESPN uh put it out. ESPN FC put it out. And I had a response to that and it was fuck this guy. I am no, it was shut the fuck up. Something like that. Something along those lines. I'm tired of this guy. I'm tired of yeah. him talking. You, I was all on board. And I, I, I've, I've said this before. I was all on board on him going to Madrid. No problem. He wanted to be with his kids as a parent, as a father. No problem. I understand. However, your actions and your mouth... Keep saying the other was. Exactly. Keep saying that you didn't want to go. Well, I shouldn't say that. Your main reason wasn't your kids. As a parent, I have a big problem with people using their kids as an excuse, as a tool to to kind of make you feel shitty on calling them out on whatever their yeah. actions are doing. I can't stand that shit. Again, if I say my son made me A, B, and C, and D, you best believe that my son made me do A, B, and C, and D, or his actions made me do A, B. It's not that I didn't want to go. I've, my family knows, friends and family knows, if my son cannot go to your event, I will not be there. It has nothing to do. So that way, when I text you, hey, I can't go, and I tell you that, you know, I can't go. My son's not going to be there. You don't need to have to ask is, oh, he, you know, is he, there's something else going on that he'd rather be there instead of here. No. If my son can't come to your event, I will not be there. I never use my son as an excuse for anything. And this asshole keeps running his mouth and running his mouth over and over again. Oh, the view at Real Madrid. I see fans piled sky high. Who? the fuck cares why you got what you want shut the fuck up nobody gives a shit about you however he's feeling shitty he knows what he did was a bitch move he knows it he knows that he's earned the title as snake not only with us he's earned it with the atletico madrid fans he knew you knew exactly what you were walking into at Real Madrid after being three three years was it at Atletico? Three years, no, but this is it as well. This is it. If he if he was if he was really that worried about going, just he could have gone kids, to Atletico. Exactly, he wouldn't he wouldn't care. And this is the thing. And he was when he was sat there and he comes out and says, "Oh, Chelsea fans don't know everything." Oh, 
I know everything. My friend is, you know, your goalkeeper, your old goalkeeping coach's daughter. I know exactly what you said, and I know exactly how you roll. And everything, single thing he said, he's a fucking snake and a liar. I cannot stand. I was, I was yesterday. When people like said to me, "Do another video," he said something else. I'm there going, "Yeah, but I don't want to give him any more airtime." I've said my piece on him. What's the point in even carrying on talking about this guy? Like this guy is just, you know, he 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 doesn't care. You know, he's he's he he's got a big nose. So not only has he got a big nose and he's a liar, the man is literally a living incarnation of Pinocchio. <laughs> that is he is. And fucking whoever it is at Real Madrid, Florentino Perez or Geppetto, I don't care. You know, it's it's a case of you've got this this guy, he sits there and he says what he he, he says all this stuff so, oh, they don't know everything, they they don't understand. And I'm there going, No, I understand. We all understand your mentality, mate. We're not stupid. So it's a case of, you know, this is, again, fans all raising their opinions and speaking their voice and knowing full well what he means. You know, I, like, I, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 keep going. Keep no, no, going. no, genuinely, that, that's it. I just, I just can't stand it. No, it's like, you know who can walk through our doors? No problem. In spite of playing for a rival, Petr Cech, he can walk through the doors anytime he wants because he left the club. And he goes, you know what? I need to stay in London for my family, A, B, and C, and D. No problem. Easy to understand. Have Petr Cech ever said a word about Chelsea? No. Never. No need. There's no need. He doesn't play for us. He gets the respect. He gives the respect. But he And he even plays for a rival in the same city. He can walk through the door anytime. You know who else can walk through the door anytime? Diego Costa. And he was public about going back to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No, he can walk through the door any single time and come and play for us any single time. You know, you know who else could walk through the door that was public about going back home? Or maybe not so public, but public nevertheless, because I know about it. Felipe Luis can walk in through our door anytime, right or wrong. Yeah, right no, or wrong. I can't. He, he can, can no, but this, yeah, this is it. Not the fucking snake. Fuck that no. guy. T. Quarter. If he says, "Oh, I love Chelsea," I'd love again. to come back. I'll That's be there, it, guys. I'm, I'm on my way. You said his sorry. name again. I'm on my way. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to keep a sense of professionalism, but then I realised I'm talking about T. Quarter on a Chelsea podcast. Yes. God damn it! Will, I'm off. Uh, now, <laughs> now you done did it. <laughs> Sorry, oh the snake. God, it's just a slip of the tongue. Snake. I just want to say his name because it makes the. Do, do you know? I, do you know why I say his name? It's almost therapeutic to know that we hate him, but Atletico Madrid fans hate him even more. I just, it's just oh, he, just the fact that you can see what they would be doing to his little plaque outside that stadium after doing seeing what they did to Hugo Sanchez. Oh, and he could oh. run from us. He could run from us. We we may never. We may play him again maybe once or twice in his career. He could run from us for a long time. He cannot run from Atletico. He has to play there twice a year or more because they play the Copa uh, uh, del Rey. So he has to play Atletico Madrid twice a year minimum. Minimum. For as long as he's in La Liga. Fuck that guy. Fucking snake. Yeah, no. We stopped talking about him because I think we're both getting a bit worked up about it. Yeah, but you know, yeah. like again, we went off um, on 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 uh, fan content and the fucking snake. But ultimately, just to circle back about 
games played in the States. The Snake and uh, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid walking into the stadium. Real fans have that in their blood. And Atletico fans have that in the blood, in their blood, with a player. Um, if you bring that here, that's not going to exist. Exactly. Uh, fan content. If you bring it here or anywhere, you guys do your best. I, uh, again, um, Robbie, I saw him during uh, during Arsenal's um, Asian tour. Yeah, they did a great job on having a fan channel across across the world, you know, and I, you guys travel like you guys board a plane like if it's nothing like I, I find Europeans travel way more than Americans. And th then I got a little I, I'm like, I did a little investigative work. <laughs> I found plane tickets from Spain to England for 50 bucks. That yeah. is a tank of gas. I would fly everywhere if it was only 50 bucks. For yeah, me it's, to it's go only to New York, it's like 200 on JetBlue from here to New York, which is three and a half, two hours and 45 minutes exactly, is $271. No, but then, then again, there's, there's, there's another thing. So, for example, you sit there and you've, you've explained that it's cheaper for X, Y, and Z. That'll be another thing which they will use as an example to get people to fly over to games in the US and other stuff as well. You know, for example, I, I, the reason Europeans fly is, you know, it's, it is tiny. Let's be honest. Europe, Europe, obviously Europe's not tiny, but to get to, for, for me to fly from home to Italy, two and a half hours on a plane, if that. Yeah. So that's a case, even though I can experience a completely different culture inside two and a half hours. America is a landscape is, you know, it's, it's gigantic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a case of, you know, it's, it's completely different. But they'll say, for example, where you're, where you're saying, oh, I'd fly everywhere and all that kind of stuff. They go, yeah, so if you go to the US and that, the games will be cheaper and not because obviously we understand you've flown out there and all, all that kind of stuff as well. And it's, it's just, they'll, they'll use different sales tactics. And again, we've, we've already said it's going to, it's not going to attract people out there. Girona are having to fly their own. They're paying for their fans, fans flights yeah. just to get them to go. Just to get them to go. And to be honest, why? If, if, any, if, if, okay, any game, any game, why the hell have they gone for Girona versus Barcelona? I'm sorry. Yeah. That is, that is a... They could, have done a they, they could have done any game. They could have done... I mean, of uh, uh, what is a bigger club in La Liga that they could have done that that would have been Real Madrid? They're never El Clasico. They're never gonna take that game out of Spain. They're, th that yes, is they will. Oh, that yes, game is will. sacred. Nope, no, nope, nothing is sacred anymore. You don't. You nothing think you, you think in the United States we will see? Well, it was just last summer. Last summer we had a quote unquote air quotes uh, El Clasico here in Miami. Minus a few, minus a, I think, I think Ronaldo didn't play. We had a bunch of people minus, um, but we did have El Clasico played here, um, and they were charging twenty dollars to go see practice between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Twenty dollars, um, but I don't think we'll ever see a competitive El Clasico here in the United States ever. Ever, unless it's like a super cup or something like that. It's, but. No, you will, you will, it will happen. This is just the first step. This, this is what I mean. You're yeah. saying you think that's sacred. In terms of marketability, what was I'd say the El Clasico is the biggest game in the world yeah. in terms of club football. 
Yeah. What would stop them? What would stop them from saying that to make more, even more money? Go right, we're going to play it across in the US, or we're going to play yeah, it in just Australia, or we're going to play it more. Exactly. Just exactly. If not more. Because for us, okay. So again, my point. I, I keep mentioning American football because it is my point of reference. Um, for Miami Dolphin fans, our biggest rival, maybe not so much anymore, but historically has been the New York Jets. When you go to a Miami Dolphin game versus New York Jets here or New York, you will see fights guaranteed. You will see fights in the stands guaranteed. You're gonna. It, it, it's it's a, a hatred built in for and and even okay. So Reddit does uh in their different subs they do uh word clouds. So yeah. I think last year they did uh. A word, the most used sub, uh, the most used words within N- different NFL team subs, and for the Miami Dolphins, it was overwhelming, not even close. Fuck the Jets. It's just that's standard. You finish every single set, fuck the Jets. It's it's understood. But if that game is t- that game was taken, I think if I'm not mistaken, they're gonna play that game in England at, at Wembley, Dolphins versus the Jets. But this is this is this is what I mean. And it's because this is exactly so what I mean. Miami can get a Super Bowl, which Dolphin fans and Jet fans could give two shits about a Super Bowl being in Miami, because we're not gonna go. You're not gonna go. That's a corporate mm. game, you know. Just like what, any game at Wembley, pretty much. Uh, what, what is it? If the F, the FA Cup is played at Wembley, how many? What, Louis? Tell me the percentage. You, your estimation on how many? True fans go to the FA Cup. The FA Cup, um, qu- qu- quite a lot. Quite a lot. Uh, yeah, quite a lot. It's the yeah, it's the FA Cup final. Uh, the FA Cup thing is the FA Cups. Yeah, it's, it's still it still holds a lot of weight. Now I get why you say that. It still holds a lot of weight because it's the FA Cup final. But at the same time, it's lost the edge a little bit because it's 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 you know you, you like big clubs play kids and all that kind of stuff and they don't really care about it. And to be honest, as as a fan, I'm kind of there like, yeah, it's the FA Cup. But when someone says to me, for example, who's currently the best club in London, I would say Tottenham. And they go, but you want to look, you want a cup, and I go, yeah, but we didn't come like third in the league over 38 games. You know, that's it's 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 a cup at the end of the day. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's but it's it's not what the FA Cup used to be. So I can understand why you said what you said. But a lot a lot of fans still go. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, it is a it is more of a. a- corporate game if you know, any game Wembley is a corporate game a like corporate you said yeah, yeah. any game it's not any football game now is a corporate game because there's sponsors everywhere because it's just football I'm kind of sat there like, like you said when people were sort of saying well what you mean why does that make football's a business I'm going yeah, I know football's a business I know it's a business but I'm not looking at it from a business perspective I'm looking at it as a bloke who's let's be honest even if I had the money I'd seriously debate going oh Chelsea are playing Tottenham out in the US are you going to go Louis? Uh, well, I probably should, but do I really want to? No, not really. I don't want to spend two days in the US and then come back because you know you're flying all the way to the USA. That like, trip is going to cost you what, fifteen hundred bucks? More than that. Two thousand dollars and the rest. It's I think the flight it's on right now. Let's do it. Okay, so let's pretend Chelsea are playing next weekend. I'm not, right now. I'm going to cut flights. Give me a place in the US. Where, where, where is it? In Miami, the game's being played. Yep. So let me do London to Miami flights. Now, uh, London to Miami flight. How much is that going to cost me right now? 
Well, that's quite cheap. I mean, uh, that's ah, here we go. This is the problem. Well, it's on twenty eighth of October. So put it this way: you'd have to know the fixtures months and months and months and months. Yeah. So if you got the August, uh, and it was if it was done, if you got them in August, let's say cause it's September now, let's go a month from now. So ninth, uh, sorry, the, so the so Saturday or no Friday the fifth to Sunday the sixth. Finished search flights. Five hundred quid just for the flights. And that's that's not that's not even properly uh that's not even like yeah. That's, that's just that's, a whatever that's, flight. Yeah, that's just me looking at it now. Yeah. That's just a flight. Virgin Atlantic four hundred and one. Yeah. Round trip, nine hours, fifty minutes. Exactly you're travelling ten hours to go see a football game. Like I, I, I love my club. Don't get me wrong. I, and I, you know I, we're I gonna see Chelsea Tottenham here. It, oh, that that would be one. That is, I, I would, I would, I am very confident that we will one day have a competitive game between Chelsea and Tottenham here, and it most likely will be in Miami. I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised to see if half the games in the Premier League were played out in the US or abroad. Now, genuinely, give it twenty years. Now, the talk here in the United States has always been to one day. How long is it going to take before the NFL has a team in London? And people, people, it's it's to the point now where it's not a if but when. Um, yeah. How long do you think before, or do you see at any point in our future that there is an English Premier League team based in the United States? No, I, I genuinely don't think that'll ever happen. But what what happen is you'll have. What happens? This is the beginning of the European Super League. This is it now. So you'll have the top six UK clubs, obviously traveling to the US or whatever, and other teams. You'll have Burnley versus, say, Sunderland get back into the Premier League over in Ooh. bloody Utah. I don't know, uh, down in New Mexico or something. And then they'll be there going. You'll have a load of blokes from the northeast of England and a load of blokes from the northwest going. Up, I'm not going to that game. Like screw that. So basically, that'll die. And then English football will slowly die because the top six clubs go, well, we're going to keep going, which will then mean, obviously, if Barcelona and all of that are all still going, they'll all be going, oh, sick, do you want to do it as well? And then everyone will go, yeah. And the Bundesliga will join and everyone's going to join. Then they'll have, boom, instead of Champions League, you'll have a European Super League and I'll end up going to bloody Kazakhstan to watch us play every week. No, I don't <laughs> want to do that. Not to say but that nah. Kazakhstan's not, not nice or whatever, but it, it might be a little bit of a trek. It's a 10-hour flight. I'd rather use that 10 hours and fly to Miami, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just well, a little side note and sidebar. Um, I love the Miami Dolphins with all my heart. Uh, my, the Miami Dolphins winning a Super Bowl would be very close, if not surpassing, what Chelsea winning um, another Champions League title would be. But at this point, I'm very... It's like, here we go again, more mediocrity. I was just invited uh, while you were looking up flights to go to a game. Uh, free tickets, season opener. Um, I know the tickets are an amazing seats. They're at club level. Uh, could care less. I said, no, thank you. Um, I just, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't know. It, it's, funny. It. it's funny. It's funny. But, but, the, the, this, this is the exact thing. Like, do you remember we were, another thing I talked about, if we're talking about NFL, where people were kicking off, there was, I can't remember who it was, 
but I, I read about it and we studied it in a lecture at uni. And there was one club which I think was based, I think it was the 46ers or something. They were based somewhere else and everyone kicked off so much that they said, oh, we're not going to do it. And then they packed up everything in one night and just drove yeah. and left. It was uh, the it? Indianapolis Colts packed up, um, Art Modell packed them up um, in the middle of the night and drove them to Baltimore. No, sorry, Vice, is reverse. They were the Baltimore Colts. And Baltimore, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know about like the political or city climate or whatever, but in the middle of the night, I think it has to do with they wanted a new stadium. The owner wanted a new stadium or something, something along the lines that he wanted something from the city, and they said no. There was problems, and he said, "All right, no problem." And in the middle of the night, he packed up everybody, closed the offices, and drove them to uh, Indianapolis. And we had the Indianapolis Colts. Then, what was in the 90s or in the early 2000s? No, in the 90s. You had the Baltimore Ravens, uh, an expansion team, come about. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Like, that happens all the time. You have the Oakland Raiders. They've bounced between the Oakland, Oakland and Los Angeles, left, you know, back and forth throughout the years. And now they're moving to uh, Las Vegas. Um, who else has moved? Uh, do, 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 Houston Oilers. They moved to Tennessee, so you get the Tennessee Titans. They left a uh, void in Houston, so now you have the Houston Texans. Who else? Um, but, but this, this is it. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's yeah. this. It's just franchising and expanding and expanding and expanding and. I'm hearing this is you're you're American. This I'm hearing it from a business perspective. I've studied it. I mean, I've I've never I've tried to watch NFL. I I can't get into it because of all the breaks and stuff. I've really yeah. tried. It's like, difficult. I've tried it's to watch five minutes, it's but it's difficult. like it's like yeah, exactly. But it's like you're hearing from someone who who loves the sport and they're going, it's wrong. I don't like it. But instead, I don't hear that. I just hear, oh, the NFL is great. Come watch it at Wembley. Look at this. And we're like, oh, let's go watch it. This is it. You're just seeing a spectacle now. Yeah. It's just a spectacle. You've, they're taking the heart out of it. Where you see, again, in films, Dad, can we go play catch in the park with a football? It's the Incredibles. Mr. Incredible throws the ball. Dash goes, gets it. It's as simple as that, okay? Yeah. This is what you miss. It's the, it's that kind of stuff. I, I genuinely, I love watching Chelsea. I love what I do. I'm, like I said, I'm very proud and I'm very passionate about it. But there's times where I'm watching that game, I'm just a bit like, it just it just doesn't feel the same. Like you had John Terry, who was a player who put his heart on the line for the club and all that kind of stuff. But now you've got Alvaro Morata falling over all the time and just really doesn't care. You know you you know I like watching my little brother's eight. I sometimes I get more excited watching him play football than watching Chelsea play. That might have been because we were really bad last year. But you know at the same time yeah. I'm kind of sad, like he's he's eight years old and you see these kids really get into it. Or when you watch grassroots football. A lot you know, of people like college of... better than the pros because there's you. A lot of people love college sports, especially in cities in the United States where there isn't a professional team. But in those cities where 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 there isn't a professional team, and these cities where they can pick any professional team or their nearest professional team, they choose not to. Fans choose not to. Even in Miami, you have you know the Miami Hurricanes that. For years and years throughout the 80s and the early 2000s were one of the best college football teams in the in the country um they refuse to watch or don't enjoy the professional game because they feel like 
There's no passion. There's the, the guys are just playing for their contract. That the NFL is too much of a business, and that is one thing that I've. That when you guys say that football, that soccer, um, is turning into a business, from my perspective, the NFL has always been a business, and when I see soccer, I don't see it so much of a business. Compare it to the NFL. Compare it to the NBA. Yeah. And and so like for me, it's like I love what I see. You know, when I watch. When I when I saw our game against Huddersfield Town, you don't know the smile that was on my face when I see ads for uh what is it your local butcher at blah 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 or like Sons and them. Sons Construction and you know <laughs> and you yes. know that this company it yes they're a big company to be able to afford advertising at uh at a Premier League team. In their stadium, that's a massive company. However, you would never see an advertising like that at Stanford Bridge. Oh no, yeah. that, that, that you get priced out. Long. Yeah, you know? exactly. You get... This, this, this is it. This is exactly it. Like, I love it. When as soon as you said, when you see Sons and Sons Butcher and it's on there, like yes, New Newcastle Brown Owl on the Newcastle yeah. shirt. That's cool. Yes, 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 yes. Northern Rock. And that's part yes. of it. That's you know, all it's, it's part of this conversation. This, this, all of this is, while yes, we have gone on little tangents here and there, but I wanted to get you on because these, this conversation that we're having is all a part of the larger conversation about games being played away from home. You and I both know, everybody knows that this is very well, we, we, we know that this is the future that we're staring at, that we're facing. Yeah. Of playing these games abroad, uh, competitive games abroad. Um, but I think, I think we need, there's, I mean, fuck, I, I, it's an event, it's like the, the inevitable, like we're looking at the inevitable. And, and one thing that you said, and I, and I definitely am so happy you said it because this is where I was like, yes, Louie, you're absolutely right. When you were talking about buying a flight and going to watch a game at Stamford Bridge, I don't I don't think that there's a problem. So much so if 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 the Premier League, all the major club, uh, all the major leagues said, "Listen, we're gonna play a game, maybe the first game of the season or the last game. Of, not even it can't be the last game of the season, but uh, you know, right before the international break, we're gonna play a game." outside yeah. of of the country um one game I, okay i could see it like i i don't necessarily think that i i think that that wouldn't be too much of a big deal in the grand mm. scheme of things but i think yeah I, I agree with that i think i think you know i was thinking about that logically i think there'd be less hoo-ha about it if instead of it was a league game it was cup games that were played out there or, you know, it was Champions League, for example. I understand, like, the semi-finals are held at a neutral ground yeah. uh, ahead of the final. Like, the, like I'm stupid, like, the, F, the FA Cups, like, do the semi-finals at Wembley as well. But it's like, instead of the semi-finals being played at those two respective grounds, the semi-finals must be played at, um, a, at, yeah, at, at a neutral ground in LA or 
Las Vegas or, you know, obviously the new Miami club with, is it into Miami? Yeah. You know, they, uh, you, you know, they, um, they, they, they opened their ground alongside, uh, Real Madrid playing Atletico Madrid in the, um, in the Champions League. I think people would still be pissed off, but I'd understand that a bit more if it was Champions League or cup games. League, though, I'd, yeah, I just think that it affects the rhythm. To be honest, I've just gone against everything I've said. No, screw that. Game must <laughs> be played in Europe. That's it. Ignore what I just said. It's pointless. I it can't do that, my friend. It is no, in the universe. True. The words are out there. They're, they're, they're <laughs> out there. Hey, um, that's me. I, I have a tendency to just, when I'm thinking, just my psychological process in my head, it just comes out of my mouth. That was my psychological process, and then it came to, nah, that's a bad idea. What should have been happening is I should have done that in my head and then gone, nah, that's a bad idea, rather than even mention it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, it is definitely one of those things that I think concessions can be made. You know, uh, in, 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 in the NFL, it's always the, the teams that play at Wembley in London – it's understood that you play that game and then you go on a bye week, you get 10 days off. Yeah. Um, usually the teams that are playing those games are vying for Super Bowl. I mean, the Miami Dolphins have played over there, I think, more or tied amongst most teams uh, because we want, or the owner of the Miami Dolphins, not, not the fans, I don't want to say we, but the owner of the Miami Dolphins wants to host the Super Bowl. So it's kind of the London game is kind of used as like a like a a bargaining tool to host the Super Bowl because the owners of the club make way get a ton of money be, yeah. for hosting the Super Bowl. I think concessions should be made, but I would just like if you know, this could be a very slippery slope. I don't think it, it I don't think American fans Australian fans, Asian fans ever want to be in a future where a quarter of their games are played in their hometown or in their home country. Um, I don't. I love Chelsea. Um, there's two things that are on my bucket list uh, that must happen. I have to take my son to Stamford Bridge, and I have to go to Stamford Bridge to see Chelsea play in real life. Um, and as selfish as me wanting Chelsea to play in my backyard, it's not that that's it still doesn't tick that bucket list. You know? I never wanna be I'd never wanna see Chelsea play a quarter of their games in the United States. League mm. games, FA Cup I don't wanna see that. They play eighty something games a year. I don't wanna see, you know, ten of them, twenty of them, whatever the number is, twenty. It would be twenty. Eighty, twenty, mm. twenty. I don't wanna see Chelsea have Chelsea play here twenty games out of the season. I don't. Because there is, I look forward to walking down Fulham Road. I look forward to the fan camps. I look forward to the pub. I look forward to, I mean, I've seen them here. There's no atmosphere. People don't know the songs. They play the Liquidator. Nobody says we hate Tottenham. Nobody. They don't, I, mean, I, don't, I shouldn't say nobody. There's maybe 60,000 people in the stadium. A thousand of us are saying we hate Tottenham. Maybe. 500. As opposed to at, yeah. at, at Stamford Bridge, where what, fifty percent of the stadium is saying it. Yeah, you know, a hundred percent, hundred percent, ninety nine percent. Obviously, it's the away section. It's whatever the number is. It's a hell of a lot larger than what how many say it here. 
Yeah, but this this is it you as know? well. For example, the snake saying, "Oh, you start you look at the stadiums and Chelsea, you see the grandstand and you see the hotel behind it, whereas there's a wall of fans at the Real Madrid." Exactly. This is part of it. It's all part of it. It's not just the people. It's the atmosphere that's generated. You go to Red Star Belgrade, you've got the flares or whatever. And, or, I have to go to, see, uh, to Serbia to see one of those games. Red Star. Uh, yeah. they, they're on, was, I, was, I was really hoping we'd get them in the Champions League. because if we got them, go. I was gone. Literally, I don't care what I was doing that week. I don't care if my like parents were getting remarried or something <laughs> like that. I'd be there going, don't care. Chelsea play Red Star Belgrade. I'm gone. See you later. Have fun. Enjoy your marriage. Seriously, it's like, it has nothing I'd, to do with me. <laughs> I, I, I'd get slightly. I could probably get disowned, but I mean, it's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I just deal with the problems of that later. But, but yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you know the organize the club owners, the FA. Uh, the Premier League, whoever the powers that be, whoever are the powers that be that make these decisions. Mm. I can, one game, two games, you know, make it special for the American fan or whoever, the Asian fan, you know, I say American, but it could, it's anywhere. I don't care. You know, yeah. if you do a half of their, a quarter of the games, it's not as special. One game a season, that's a big event. It's special. I can see, like, you know, I could see concessions being made. Look, and, you know, we're going to do it right before an international break. So that means the players have time off. At least some of the players have time off. We can do this. We can do that. I, I understand it. You know, you, I, I can see a world where everybody wins, where the clubs involved, the leagues involved, make all the money in the world from the game. The fans get everything. You know, the fans at home in Europe are pissed off, but instead of being extremely pissed off, they're only pissed off for a game. But we got, I hope that they're careful and they're not, they don't get too greedy because you do, you will, we will lose. Everybody loses in that scenario. The fans 100% lose in that scenario because then the games are not as special, you know? So. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I completely agree. Louis, what else you got for me? I mean, uh, it's, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I've, no. I've, I've got. We, we've spoken about um, thingy majiggy. Uh, I won't say the name. Uh, we've spoken about uh, the stuff which we want to speak about in terms of the uh, having football not outside of uh, Europe, which is still shouldn't be outside of Europe, and it should Premier League is Premier League. Yeah, that's it. Don't change it. Boom. That's my opinion anyway. Yep. Hmm. I got... All right. Well, I guess... I mean, because we both know that we can be here for the next 10 hours talking about uh, Chelsea. But after... What is your opinions of the, you know, your hot take on how the club is performing after four games? Um, it's It's good. Let's, let's let's see how it goes. I'm I'm quite, I don't want to jump on it and say like a lot of people are saying, you know, all this kind of stuff. Saying we're doing like we're amazing. We could be contending for the league. No, just just breathe. Let's judge. He said, sorry, said judge me in November. I'm gonna judge him in November. That's when I got. That's when I'll talk about. Plus by that point, yeah, and we'll we'll have, we'll, we'll have had a test then. We'll have played Liverpool. That's a test, and I'm, I'm not looking for. I swear to you, I'm uh, not. 
I swear to you, I'm not worried about Liverpool. I'm t- don't even talk to me about Manchester United. I'm not worried about Tottenham either. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, I know it sounds crazy. I'm not worried about City either. I really am not. Are you feeling all right? I'm not worried. I'm not saying that we're going to walk the league. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, what I am not is how the media started off the season and how a lot of fans have started off the season, that it was just the inevitable, that it was City and Liverpool. It was City's title to lose, and the only contenders were Liverpool. I'm definite. I don't feel that at all. I... I think that there's only three teams in the country that can even think about sniffing the title, and that's Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. I don't think I, – I think Tottenham – listen, Harry – I know Harry Kane is English, um, and he has – like, when he's not wearing a Tottenham jersey, he is the leader of the English side. But to me, um, he's Harry Penis, and – Harry Penis is going to get hurt. Some he, It happens every year. He's going to get hurt. They didn't sign anybody. Who's going to take his place? Who's going to score I mean, the goals? Fernando Llorente, obviously. A 700-year-old <laughs> Fernando Llorente? <laughs> Lucas Mora? Le, uh, you know, the bald fraud, Lucas Mora? Get out of here. Deli Alley with his little signature. How many goals do you have? How many titles do you have? Zero. Get out of here. Like... I, I'm not worried about Tottenham. I really am not. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm sorry. So, uh, United. The only thing I hope for, I root. I want United to continue. I want United to continue winning games because the longer Mourinho there is there, the 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 larger the dumpster fire grows. Um. Mm. So I I I want him to be there for at least until the summer. But there's no way. You have Anthony Marshall. You have the young guys there past the next mm. summer if he's still there. So better for me. He wants to continue buying old guys. Awesome. Bring them on in. Bring them on in. Yeah. I mean, you have Toby. It goes to show you if Toby out of world. How old is Toby out of world? 29? He is, yeah, 28, 29. 29. How old is William? 28, 29. Yeah, your your two biggest signings that you were that that he his name was linked to are twenty nine year olds. There was no linking to any the young guy. At least Chelsea, we were flirting around with Anthony Marshall. However close that was, according to Nini, it was close. Um, but however close it was, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not. It's not important. But we were flirting with a young guy, and mm. the club is flirting with young guys. Then that's go- that's a step in the right direction. Keep your best players. Flirt with the young guys. That's a step. You're heading in the right direction. Mm. When you're when when we're talking about turmoil within your star from your stars, Pogba, uh, you know, Marshall. United needs a brand new defense. They need at least five guys in the back. Five of them. Whether and 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 three of them have to be starters. How old is Valencia? 900 years old. How old is uh, uh, the other one? Valencia. Luke Shaw just got knocked out. You know, they have no depth. Any brand new defenders. 
and they're flirting with old guys, they're going in the wrong direction. And I love it. Jesus Christ, they're talking about playing Fellaini up top. Like, that's a legit thing. That's a legit conversation of playing Fellaini up top. You just signed a striker for $90 million, $75 million, and you're talking about sometimes starting Fellaini up top. This is a dumpster fire over there. This is a disaster. So that's my opinion. Three teams that uh, that can that can uh, go for the title, and that's us, Liverpool, and uh, and City. Louis, are you there? Yo, can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, I, I did. I lose I, you. How long did I lose you for? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, no. Um, listen, I think that. It's uh, let's see what happens. That's all we can do. Yeah. That's all we can do. We've just got to see how it develops. If it goes well, happy days. If it doesn't work out, then you know we we need we know we need to build and we know we need to get better. I think that's then we're still we're we're back in that phase. You remember Mourinho called us a little horse. Exactly. We, we are the little horse. horse. No problems so, with that. No problems with that. I want no, to see exactly. in January. November, December, let's start seeing who we're talking about bringing in. I should, we should start hearing, if we start hearing about right backs, uh, not right backs, right wingers, you know, we're flirting with a right winger, the the talks about Fakir coming up again, Anthony Marshall, I, I keep saying Anthony Marshall thinking he's going to slot into the right wing, but he's really a striker slash left. He prefers to play on the left or up top, a striker. But, if we're flirting around with filling that right wing spot with somebody that can overtake Pedro, um, I think we're going in the right direction. Because really, truly, if you ask me, that's the only position that we need to fix. What will happen is we'll flirt with Fakir, we'll flirt with all of them, and then we'll sign Stuart Downing. That's what happened. <laughs> Hashtag Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> that's what will happen. And that's an old player there. Then, then if but, if that's if if we're talking about signing a guy like that, signing like last summer when, again, whether however true it is or not, but we're talking about signing this guy uh, from Stoke, the striker, Peter, oh, Peter Crouch. Crouch. You know, you know those were real options, right? You know, Conte actually wanted him. I, 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 everybody was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it, so it had to be real. I was I was shocked. You it was him and Sam Vokes. I was like, "Why, why, why is this even being spoken about?" We, we have. He's, he, I'm not gonna lie. Conte did. He's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He signed some bloody shit house players, didn't he? Yeah. Or is it just me? No, no, no. I mean, you have Zappacosta. I, 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 I like the guy. No, no doubt. He, you know, I think I told who was it that I told? I think I, do, I, I told Joe Tweedy. We are fighting to be amongst the best teams in the world. Every player on the team needs to bring something. Zappa Costa, at this point, what he brings to the table is hustle and running really fast. God, that's depressing. Hustle <laughs> and running really fast. And if you are not better than the guy who's the best hustler in the world, N'Golo Kante... I'm sorry, you, you you need to bring more. If you can't even be the best hustler in the world, and I know, no, 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 that about it. And Golo Conte sets the highest of high bars when it comes to hustle. 
I get it. But if you can't be in the realm, that ballpark where you're bringing that, you know who brings that hustle and that drive? Uh, Olivier Giroud. Giroud does have a lot of hustle. If, I mean, Jesus Christ, when he got elbowed in the face against uh, uh, Newcastle, he was playing left, uh, a left back. He got hu- he got mm. elbowed in the face uh, in the corner flag playing on defense, left back. And he's a striker. You know, that tells you something. If you can't bring Olivier Giroud levels of hustle to the pitch, you can't, you don't even, you you don't deserve to be in the starting 11 or part of the rotation for the starting 11. You know, I have no problems with him staying if he's happy playing the FA Cup, if he's happy playing the Carabao Cup, if he's happy playing the Europa League. But if you think that you deserve to be amongst the starters for the Premier League and moving forward for the Champions League, and the best that you can do is running really fast and hustling, not even at our elite, uh, at the uh, the the elite levels for our own club, let alone the world. And Golo Conte is, you know, amongst the best hustlers in the world. Then you you don't have a spot on the team, and that's a Conte signing. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I I think we just got to see how it all develops. We got to get shift out some players, bring some others in. Uh, but I think we can't talk about that in September. Let's wait until yeah. November, December to start talking about that. Ten games in, we'll have another podcast. We'll talk. We'll talk again then. So we can uh, have a discussion about what's how we think the season's going. I think yep. that's a good shout. Yep, Louis. Um, how can people find you on Twitter? Listen, come to uh, at Louis underscore Beneventi. Um, so if I was to spell that out for you, it's at Louis as in French King Louis L O U I S underscore Beneventi B E N E-V-E-N-T-I. Uh, and then you can see all the dumb stuff I post as well as the <laughs> quiet, articulate stuff I put as well. Like the other day, I, did you see it? Where I was just like, it was like 1am here. I just got bored and started watching Power Rangers and debating which was the it. best Power Rangers. I missed you, it. I was you, on vacation, my friend. I missed you, it. You, you need to go through my, my timeline now because you, uh, you will laugh a lot. Well, I, uh, I, I, re- I mean, if you're, if you're talking about the best Power Ranger, if it's not the white ranger or the green ranger uh, uh, more of a reason of me catching a flight and you and i need to speak face to face okay i i was always a red ranger guy but that's because i was bossy and when i was growing up so i mean to be honest that that's why i liked it but i'm talking series like for me right mighty morphin power ranger the original yeah. right just put that on another level let's not even talk about that everyone okay. knows that's mine was time force that was my favorite one that was my that was my one growing up okay so i, I had time force and then the best episode was uh one where all the red rangers came together for power rangers wild force just I saying do, I, yeah, yeah yeah i do i okay so mighty Morphin power rangers is the only power rangers that i saw i mean that that was the only one that was on when i was a kid now but i did see later on where all the all the red rangers met up and that was awesome that was awesome that they did that that they got everybody on the show um but louis i i'll never forget being in the third grade third grade fourth grade one of the two where the green ranger showed up and it was like who the hell is this guy <gasps> who is this guy like the whole school was buzzing when this guy showed up i i i, I can't describe to you i can't describe i don't i don't i don't think i've ever experienced anything like that 
ever again, like where the whole school, where everybody's talking like about the same thing. I mean, some at least something positive. I, I lived through nine eleven, and that was something else. But Jesus. But you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. It was like it was like it was like the biggest drama ever. The Green Ranger. Who's the Green Ranger? What is gonna happen? Oh my god. Oh my god, the Green Ranger. He has a flute. His dagger's a flute. What is going on? I'll never forget that. I'll I'll never forget that. Oh my god. I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna right, that's it. You've made me do it now. I'm now gonna go rewatch all the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Why are you doing this to me? Why has this happened? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh, and last thing before I let you go, talk to me about your team. Talk to me about the team uh, you put together. I can't. That's all under wraps at the minute. I can't. Oh, I can't. Br- okay. Air. How about this? When everything is out in the open, you come back on and we'll discuss. Okay, that sounds good to me. What I will tell you is, we do have a game lined up in December, and uh, with the talks of derbies, let's just say. It's going to be a derby. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. So, it's, okay. It's, all right. So, it, I'm going to ask you I'm... these questions. And Go on. you answer without revealing anything. Okay. Is this part of a league? No, not yet. But that is part okay. of my plan. Okay. I'm looking. Basically, right, I, what I will say, it is at the minute, it's just YouTube football. And everyone plays the odd game. I want to have a league at some point. I think it'd be stupid. Speaking of wanting to make money and generate fans and build a team in a league, I think it'd be insane for YouTube teams not to build a league. It'd be stupid not to. Absolutely. And that's something which I want to see happen. The long-term dream for the project is that at some point we would like to go into league football and try and uh, make our way up to the hallowed land of the Premier League. But, you know... That's a that's a long long way off. We can't see can't say anything about that yet. All right, all right. Well, he says he's putting a team together, and Louie and I have talked privately, and he said that for sure I have a spot on the team. That I'm going over <laughs> there, I, I, and that I I'm allowed hey, to wear you're, you're, an American flag on my back, a cape, an American flag cape during the matches. It's already been discussed, people. There's no turning back. The genie's out of the bottle. Toothpaste is out of the tube. Um, I, thought, I mean, we can we can discuss the the American flag thing pre match. I can I can we can happily negotiate that uh, when you're over here. But uh, during the match, unfortunately, mate, you do that. I will be pulling you off. It's as simple as that. Wait, I, that sounds that's even not, worse. Well, I won't be pulling you off. Wait, I will be taking you off the pitch. Louis, I won't be pulling wait, you off. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about right, this sorry. later. Sorry, Anyways, sorry. people, Louis Benaventi. All right, everybody. Again. I would like to uh, thank Louis Beneventi from 100% Chelsea, uh, the YouTube channel that puts out amazing content. I encourage everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice, please, please, please go out and subscribe and like and share any video that comes out from 100% Chelsea because outside of Louis and the guys over there and the girl over there everybody who's involved at a hundred percent chelsea um even if i didn't have him on the podcast i would still tell you to go out there and 
support his channel and others' channels. Go out there and support Nini. Go out there and support CFC Fan TV. Fuck it. Go out and support the guys at Ball Street on YouTube, uh, Statman Dave, uh, all the other ones, you know, that I'm failing to mention. Uh, go out and support fan-created content because at the end of the day, we we are the... Well, our voice is just as important as the media's voice. Just as important. And, yeah, I don't think you guys are going to go out and subscribe to every rival channel, but, you know, fan-created content is still fan-created content, and at the end of the day, they are us and we are them. You know, we all support our own clubs, but if you ask me who deserves our support first, I say the fans, fan-created content first, and then the media, because um, our voice is just as important and just as loud as the media's voice so that's all i got for today um like i said in my previous podcast i know i took a break from from bringing you podcasts i think i took like a week and a half maybe 10 days without uploading but i'm about to hit you guys over the head with podcast after podcast after podcast uh, you know what talk is cheap all I'm going to say is protect your fucking neck because I'm coming at you throwing heat, motherfuckers, throwing heat. Wait till you guys see what I have in store for you. So, again, that's all I got. Thank you to Louie from 100% Chelsea. Uh, also, I will forever end this podcast the same way. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, know that I fucking love you and I appreciate every single one of you that reach out to me on Twitter, All American CFC, that, um, you know, are supporting the movement, are supporting anybody's movement, are just being some, you know, positive in anybody's life. Because I know that when I tell people about my plans, about this podcast, people support me. And it feels fucking awesome to just know that somebody's got your back, that somebody's in your corner fighting for you. And I appreciate that love. And I thank you for that love. So I encourage you, if you see anybody, you hear somebody's struggle, you hear somebody's movement, and you stand behind them, you're in their corner and you support what they do, whether it's just saying, fuck it, man, I think your idea is awesome. Keep going. I believe in you. Even if it's that, I'm not talking about anything more than that. Just that alone is fucking awesome. So keep doing that. I love you guys. I appreciate each and every single one of you. I support anything that you do because you support what I do. I fucking love you. I believe in you. You're fucking awesome. Let's do this. Thank you. Each and every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you again soon. Up the fucking shows. We play Cardiff this weekend. We're going to whoop that ass. We're going to fucking mollywop. I, I am I am so happy this international break is over. I can't wait to get back into it. And it's only a couple more hours till we get it, till, till, we, till we're back to meaningful games in the Premier League. We got, what, the Europa League is about to start up for us. Get some youngsters out there. Run up, you know, run Victor Moses out there. Zapacosta. Callum Hudson-Odoi. Run Ampadu out there. I can't wait. I'm excited. And then we got Liverpool in a few weeks. 
Uh, I think I have something special for Liverpool. I think, I think, I think I'm gonna put together something special for you guys. I have, I got some ideas in mind. I'm kicking it around. Let's see what I can do. Let's see what I can do for Liverpool. But I think I got something special for you guys. So, that's it. That's all I got. Again, thank you to Louis. This has been, uh, this has been the All American Chelsea podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Um, reach out, say what's up. I answer back. I love you guys. Later.
for a suit and tie rap that's cleaner than a boss soap. And I'm the dirtiest thing in sight. Matter of fact, bring out the girls and let's have a mud fight. <laughs> 